you are Locked On Seahawks, your daily Seattle Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12s. I'm your host for Locked On Seahawks for this beautiful Blue Friday, Nick Lee. I'm here with the distinguished Rob Rang, and it's time for week three in the NFL. The Seahawks face yet another test on Sunday as the Dallas Cowboys come to town fresh off of a dramatic comeback win against the Seahawks' week one opponent, the Atlanta Falcons. We will dive into some keys to the game in the second and third quarters for the Seahawks to come out victorious against Big D. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Now for your lead story here on Locked On Seahawks. The Seahawks are in need of some help along the defensive line. Injuries have ravaged the entire league, and Seattle is no exception. Bruce Irvin has lost for the season. Jaron Reed and Ben Samoa both did not practice earlier this week and are banged up. Now, the Seahawks are reportedly interested in a proven, experienced defensive tackle still in the market. Our own Corbin Smith had some details that the Seahawks are visiting with defensive tackle Damon Harrison, who's still on the market. He clearly wants to play and, and will visit with the team. And according to Corbin, um, sources tell him that, that, that uh, the Seahawks have been trying to visit trying to get a visit for weeks and Harrison has been playing the waiting game, but now he feels like he's ready. So Rob, I'll just pass it over to you with, with uh, how long it's been. Obviously the, the, the mutual interest has been there for, for weeks and months and now it might be finally coming um, to a head. What would a guy like Damon Harrison bring to the Seahawks defense and how would he fit? Oh, an awful lot of beef, Nick, is what he would bring. I mean, he's listed at 6'3", 350 pounds. I, I suspect that he's even bigger than that. Uh, you know, he would be that that run stuffer. That, that's what he has been, a, uh, you know, it, been voted as an all-pro as, as a run-stuffing defensive tackle and nose guard and actually at 3-4 alignment. And, you know, his size in the middle of Seattle's defense, just considering the fact that you're going to be going up against a team like the San Francisco 49ers, and obviously in this case – that the Seahawks are going to be facing the Dallas Cowboys here coming up shortly. That, that's one thing that I want to make sure that we're clear on is that, you know, there has been an agreement that, that Damon Harrison, uh, as reported by Corbin, as reported by ESPN's Adam Schefter, as reported by a lot of folks here since, that, uh, that, that Damon Harrison will be visiting with the Seahawks. But that's going to be this upcoming week. Um, and, and so I think that what he would be able to provide is, is essentially that, that run-stuffing presence that the Seahawks have had, you know, here with, with Rush, with Brian Monet um, in the end inside of their defensive line and and I think that they are look, trying to make sure that they that they have a a strong defensive line and if they can make it that much stronger with a 31 year old Damon Harrison again a former all pro uh, a guy who has ha, has shown some interest in, in wanting to play football this year but is but at the same time has also been a little bit concerned with the you know just the crazy year that this has been so far um, you know but it's not only some interest with the Seahawks it's that reportedly the Chicago Bears the Green Bay Packers the Cincinnati Bengals have also shown some interest in Damon Harrison. So to me, Nick, this, this is just an example of the, of the Seahawks doing what the Seahawks do, that they are going to evaluate every opportunity for talent they can possibly do. And, and this is a guy who, who fits in with their scheme and is, has just been a, such a proven difference maker for so long and a very durable player at that, 
that, uh, that it would make a lot of sense for the Seahawks to explore whatever opportunities they have to add a player of, of his size and dimensions. Size and dimensions, those are two things that definitely uh, describe Damon Harrison's snacks. It's a, such a great nickname, and it makes me hungry just thinking about it. I, I do love my snacks as well. Uh, the Seahawks definitely opened the season with two clear starters and then along the interior defensive line in Jaron Reed and Puna Ford. And Brian Monet, also second-year player out of Michigan, was uh, the only other defender at the position with any prior NFL experience. So bringing in a guy like Harrison obviously just instantly boosts the, the experience pool in the room. Harrison's had a solid career, like you mentioned, a former All-Pro in 2016, eight-year career, almost 500 tackles, 37 tackles for loss, and 11 sacks. And, and still, and, and as he's kind of waning in age and, and, and ability, um, last season with the Lions, 15 games, 49 tackles, three tackles for loss, and two sacks, a very productive season by any measure for an interior defensive lineman, in my opinion. So still pretty productive, and now he's p- pretty fresh. At least you hope he's staying in somewhat good shape. And another thing is, what, where do they go if they can't, for some reason, get it? I would say, I'm not going to say this is a guarantee that Darren, Damon Harrison becomes a Seahawk, but it looks like the two sides, are, there's mutual interest there. But if, say they lose Jaron Reed, he's been on the, the, the injury report and, and for a little bit, and they're uncomfortable about the situation in the interior defensive line, but they don't sign Damon Harrison, what could the Seahawks do um, maybe internally to remedy that spot, even if, if, if Reed does come back, just to add some depth. Well, I, I think the depth, it, it would be interesting. Um, you know, if you do not have Jaron Reed available to you for a couple of weeks, then, then yeah, I think that this is a very much more desperate situation. You are, you are pushing to, to sign Damon Harrison. I mean, we, you know, Corbin and I have been talking about the possibility of Harrison because Corbin's been on this story for, for months now that, that the Seahawks had a lot of interest in, in Damon Harrison. And frankly, I wasn't so sure that would be the case just because I, I believe that they are very high on Brian Monet. I like like what I saw from Anthony Rush, uh, another 6'5", 350-pound-plus defender who, who, who played very, very well, I thought, in, in that, that win against the Patriots and was one of the, the three defensive linemen. He, Monet, and then certainly LJ Collier, who created the initial push, Nick, to, to be able to kind of uh, you know, disrupt that play. And so I think that they're all feeling pretty good about themselves. And I think that the fact that the Seahawks have, have, have basically, uh, at least I believe, are, uh, you know, are, are okay with this story. That, that Damon Harrison is somebody that they are going to be considering moving forward. I almost wonder if, if that's a little bit of a, of a just a, hey, gentlemen, uh, Jaron Reed and Puna Ford and Brian Monet and Anthony Rush, that you, you did very, very well against the New England Patriots, but that doesn't matter anymore. We're, we're now facing the Dallas Cowboys who are going to look to run the football. And so if, if you don't play every bit as well as you did against New England, and again, I think that they played very well, but if you don't continue that impressive performance, then we've got an all pro who's coming in for a visit here. So I, I think that this isn't just about who the Seahawks can potentially replace if, uh, if they cannot sign uh, a guy like Damon Harrison. Nick, I, I think that this is more, more of a, of a wake-up call, a reminder, um, just that, hey, gentlemen, again, on the defensive line, you guys did a great job last time. Let's continue that this, that this upcoming week. And then if they do perform well, if you have an Anthony Rush, who is just a baby, just two years out of, out of college, you know, so out of Alabama, Birmingham, compared to Damon Harrison, 31 years old. As, as much as I like Damon Harrison at the same time, it's, it would go against the Seahawks DNA to go with the much older player. If the much younger, cheaper player is playing at a high level. 
Coming up next in the second quarter, we take a look at what the Seahawks need to do on offense when Russell Wilson has the ball to ensure victory against the Cowboys. We will look at certain keys to the game to see where Seattle can have an advantage. Don't go away. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Help support your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team, supporting you and your community. They remember your order and call you by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile. But right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, help your team score and choose to shop at local businesses. And while you're there, look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. This season, get football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all the action, all the football you can handle, all in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You'll also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from a player's perspective as they break down the game's concepts and techniques. Learn from the best like Deshaun Watson, Stephon Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archive. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. Welcome back to the Lockdown Seahawks podcast. This is your host, Nick Lee, along with Rob Rang. It's Blue Friday ahead of Sunday's bout with the Dallas Cowboys at CenturyLink Field. Yet another tough opponent. Seems like the Seahawks have a, a tough stretch here, which they've passed every test so far. Later in the third quarter, we will discuss some keys to the game on defense for the Seahawks. Both of these teams are humming pretty well on offense. And speaking of offense, Rob, let's first discuss the keys to the game when the Seahawks have the ball on offense with Russell Wilson cooking and Brian Schottenheimer calling the plays. And and really, this is one of those games where things can can turn into a shootout. And and first and foremost, the, what jumps out to me, Rob, is the the questionable pass defense of, of the Cowboys and also some injuries to the secondary. Um, uh, Jadobi Woozy likely will be out, the starting cornerback for the Cowboys. So if Russ is to cook, I think that the the recipe seems to be just right for him to cook well against Dallas. I agree with you, Nick. I mean, I think that the fact that the, the, the Cowboys have a kind of an injury-plagued secondary, uh, and it's a secondary that already was making some pretty big transitions given the talent that they had lost in the offseason, um, that, that this is an opportunity for Russell Wilson to absolutely eat up the secondary. Uh, and that Trevon Diggs, uh, an early uh, pick for the Cowboys that this past year, a guy that I thought was a, it was a borderline first-round talent. The Cowboys wound up, I believe, getting him in the, in the second round. Uh, he was able to fully participate today after being unable to participate before. Now, Ouzie and uh, you know, and some of Dallas's other defensive backs had been unable to to perform at this point. Um, uh, so, I think that you're going to be looking at a possibility of of Trevon Diggs, uh, and then I believe it's most likely to to be a player. Uh, you know, the other guys, Daryl Worley being another one for the Cowboys, who I think is a possibility to wind up getting that that starting role. Uh, these are not players that I think are, are very likely to be able to hang with, with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and, of course, Russell Wilson. And just considering the fact that the Cowboys are coming off a of performance when they were so good 
against what was the best secondary in all of the NFL a year ago and still is, is one of the better secondaries this year. The, the reigning NFL Defensive Player of the Year is Stephon Gilmore. And now you're going to be going up against a, a team that whose best corner, at least in my humble opinion, would be Trevon Diggs, the rookie. I, I think that this is an opportunity for, for Russell Wilson to be able to cook, as they like to say. And, and I think that the five quarter, the five touchdowns that he threw last week, uh, I'm not going to say that he's going to be able to pull that off again because that is absolutely extraordinary. But I would say this. If you have Russell Wilson in fantasy football this weekend, I think I would start him. <laughs> a little start him or sit him here from Rob Rang. I like it. Um, yeah, just look at some numbers here. The Cowboys are 23rd in passing yards allowed. They allowed 275 to Jared Goff in week one in the loss to the Rams and 273 to Matt Ryan. So two pretty respectable quarterbacks that I think we can both agree Matt Ryan is better than Jared Goff. And, and they're also 23rd in passer rating allowed. They've also allowed a 100-yard receiver in each of the first two games. And so, like you mentioned, some matchups there, possibly with DK Metcalf having a really big game. They're also 31st in the NFL in 20-plus yard pass plays allowed. And only two sacks for, for Dallas as well. So there's going to be some mismatches at receiver and cornerback, like you mentioned, with some injuries in the secondary. I think DK Metcalf. So you said that Russell Wilson on your fantasy. I'm talking DK Metcalf. If you have DK Metcalf on your fantasy, fresh off of torching the former defensive player of the year, I think that he could have another huge day. And he also leads the NFL in yards versus single coverage through two games. And I'm not sure the Cowboys have the luxury of being able to double and triple cover guys. So I think this is a really big opportunity for, for them to be, to be cooking on in the past game. And key number two here, um, another number that stuck out to me, Rob, was the, the yak. And then there's two types of yak. There's yards after catch and yards after contact. But Dallas is actually 28th in yards after the catch allowed. And so we, that kind of dives into the, uh, the questionable pass defense. They're, they're pretty strong against the run. They've limited big plays. They're seventh in the NFL in yards per carry. So what can the Seahawks do to perhaps exploit that number of that they, they, they seem to give up yards after the catch? Well, I think that just having the, the, the talents at wide receiver that they have, Nick, you know, you, you have a guy like, like DK Metcalf, who is such a, such a phenomenal athlete at such an incredible size, you know? And, and so I think that that is something that, that the Seahawks are going to be looking to, to try to exploit. Um, we all know that Russell Wilson is a fantastic deep ball thrower. Um, but you know, when, when, when Metcalf was able to get that touchdown against Gilmore, of course, anybody who saw the play knows that, that he should have most normal wide receivers probably would have been taken down about the, you know, seven, eight yard line when Gilmore went to, to wrap him up and, and Metcalf just waded through that like he was, you know, walking through a kiddie pool, you know. And, and so that's that's the thing is that I think that DK Metcalf, because of his size, I think that you're absolutely right to be targeting him as a guy that the Seahawks should feature in this game. Again, against the rookie Trevon Diggs, against a guy like Daryl Worley, another big, long corner, uh, but at the same time a guy who has been known as a little bit of a, of a gambler. And I think that somebody who has the accuracy of Russell Wilson has the physical traits of a, of a DK Metcalf taking take advantage of that. Uh, Jordan Lewis, the other corner who I would expect to get a fair amount of playing time. He's a little bit of a smaller, quicker guy. And I don't know that there's a corner in this league who can handle Tyler Lockett one-on-one, but Jordan Lewis at least has the physical dimensions, I think, to be able to kind of handle a, a small, shifty, very still explosive and certainly savvy uh, Tyler Lockett. And then again, as Corbin and I are talking about in the last couple of days, Nick, and, I, and I, obviously you've and everybody else who've been watching the games ha, has seen it as well, but the, the development of Freddie Swain and, and David Moore 
uh, as well, have been able to give the Seahawks some guys that they can be able to break big plays open because they have speed, they, ha- they have some mobility. Um, so I, I'm, I'm very curious to see how Dallas is able to stack up against Seattle's wide receivers and, and the quarterback. I really think that this is going to be a, an offensive explosion. Yeah, I mean, the, the depth of pass catchers the Seahawks have, the tight ends included, Greg Olson, Will Disley, and those guys, I mean, that, that dwarfs the, the, the depth that the Cowboys have in secondary right now, especially with those injuries. So you'd think that this is a big day. And also, I think, that, like, I, like I mentioned, that they were seventh in yards per carry allowed and tied for first as far as the shortest, longest run allowed. Um, I, I think this is another one where they're going to try to run the ball a little bit and and that might be a certain the, the the numbers there might be a little more of a circumstances of who they played. I mean, obviously the Rams like to toss it around, and the Falcons we saw week one they certainly like to toss it around too. Um, so I, I'm wondering if that that rushing defense isn't as stout as maybe the numbers look at it. So Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, those guys, I think they've really yet to have that that premier game, and this could be one of those games where you know the the pass kind of starts to open up the run in kind of a weird reverse way there. And let's go to number three, Rob, and of course. In any offense, you got to protect the quarterback. And, and Russell Wilson sometimes has to protect himself with um, some lack of pass protection. But really, overall, the pass protection has been pretty good um, this season. And, uh, better than I expected, honestly. And, and the, the Cowboys' pass rush doesn't exactly strike fear into my heart. They have two sacks in two games. And their biggest player in, in the pass rush, Demarcus Lawrence, is nicked up. I don't know if, he's, I don't know if his, his status for game time yet. But the, the Cowboys are 20th impressive percentage. And if the Seahawks can give Russ time with the so-so passing defense and also with this really this pedestrian pass rush so far for the Cowboys, that is going to open up the first two points we made with, with the passing game and getting those extra yards. So really it comes down to protecting Russ. And the, the, I, I'm not sure if I'm missing the mark here, uh, Rob, about the pass rush, but do, does this Cowboys pass rush, does anything stick out to you that, that maybe gets you worried? You know, what gets me worried is that Demarcus Lawrence uh, is still a really good player when he's healthy. And so he does not have either of those two sacks that, that you mentioned, Nick. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, and, and so I, I think if suddenly Demarcus Lawrence uh, is back to being the guy, then, then I think that, that yeah, then, then it's it's concern um, because the, the, the Cowboys' two sacks so far are, are with the, the free agent additions they've made, Everson Griffin and Alden Smith. Each of them have one sack. This is not a team that has a lot of quarterback hits, though. Um, and, and so they, it doesn't feel like a team that's about to pop. But at the same time, you have a defensive line coach, Jim Tom Sula, former NFL head coach. You have a, NFL, you have a defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan, former NFL head coach. Uh, you know, and you have a going up against a guy and, and McIntyre, the, you know, the, you know, the, the who is, of course, with the, the Green Bay Packers for so long. Um, and, and so you have a lot of experience there. And, and so that to me is, is one of the concerns I do have is that it's kind of like what the Seahawks have been doing, you know, kind of playing a little bit of rope-a-dope. But, you know, I, I wonder if this isn't the game that Cowboys have kind of been circling for a while now. Uh, you know, they, they had such an incredible comeback to, to beat the Falcons a, a week ago that they're going to be coming in an emotional high and so I think that it's absolutely incumbent as you talked about before with with the Seahawks 
pass protection, especially at the tackle positions. Um, you know, Dwayne Brown has been another player that, that has been out a little bit with injury. It would be it would be huge if the Seahawks were to lose him. Um, and Brandon Shell has, has played pretty well. Uh, I do feel like Seattle should be able to to hold up in pass protection. That's what we've seen. Russell Wilson is doing a brilliant job of seeing the pressure, ducking underneath it, stepping up into the pocket, and then either running or throwing passes. And I think there's the running game, as you mentioned before, I think is absolutely critical. And I agree with you. I don't think that this is the game where the Seahawks want to try and run the football and keep the ball out of Dak Prescott's hands. I don't think that's going to work. I think your best solution is, is to try to, to be very aggressive early on with your passing game and then set up your running game with the passing attack, just as you mentioned, Nick. Yeah, it might be a, one of those pass to score, run to win kind of games. We'll see. And you do mention a good point of Alden Smith um, is turning one of the more feel-good stories in the NFL this year. Already got a sack and 16 tackles and a tackle for loss, two quarterback hits. So he, he's going to be if, – if DeMarcus Lourdes either can't go or is nicked up, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't completely disregard the pass rush. There are, they do have some players. They just haven't quite played up to the to their back of their football cards quite yet. And so when we return – For the third quarter, we will discuss what the Seahawks must do on defense in order to beat the Cowboys on Sunday when Dak Prescott's got the ball. So don't miss it. You're listening to the Locked On Seahawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Invest in your intuition. Use promo code LOCKEDON and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play. Designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Your winning season begins today. Only at my bookie. Welcome back to the Lockdown Seahawks podcast. I'm your host, Nick Lee, with the knowledgeable Rob Rang. We are about 48 hours until kickoff against the Cowboys when they come to town to face the Seahawks at Century Link Field in Seattle. And let's dive in here, Rob, to the keys of the game when Dak and Zeke take the field for the Cowboys. And, and, and when the Cowboys have the ball and the Seahawks must go on defense with led by, you know, Bobby Wagner, Jamal Adams, and those guys that are coming off of a pretty darn good defensive stand at the goal line against the Patriots. They're they're also feeling themselves, even though they've given up some yardage and given up some points, that has to be a big confidence booster. And we'll talk about the keys to the game here. First for me, Rob is, is they got to make tackles after the catch. And I, that's, that's one of the keys that on offense we discussed with the Seahawks. There's some opportunities there that the Cowboys have given up yards after the catch. They got to avoid the big plays behind the defense here. And, and Dallas is third in passing yards, 101.7 rating for Dak. He's a quality quarterback. I'm not going to go ahead and put him on this huge pedestal that some might and say he's a top-tier quarterback. He's a very good quarterback. And he's also beaten the Seahawks in the playoffs. So the Seahawks definitely need to respect him. But So what, what about this, this passing attack of the Dallas Cowboys makes you concerned? Well, I think that Dak Prescott uh, is a quarterback who's – whose uh, you know, talents very much fit in um, with, with Kellen Moore's offensive scheme. And, and the Dallas Cowboys have done a, a terrific job of, of surrounding Dak Prescott with incredible, uh, incredible talent. Uh, you know, Zeke Elliott is one of the elite running backs in all of the NFL. Um, his consistency is – he just kind of speaks for itself. Uh, you know, and then, then the, the three-headed monster that they have at wide receiver and Amari Cooper, uh, you know, an underrated player, Michael Gallup. And, of course, uh, you know, then 
CD, excuse me, CD Lamb, um, their, their first round selection this past year. Uh, it really does give Dak Prescott an incredible amount of, uh, of playmakers around him. And then, oh, by the way, they happen to have one of the best offensive lines in all of football. And as I mentioned before, and kind of extolling the values of the Dallas' defense with all these former NFL head coaches, Joe Philbin is their offensive line coach, another former NFL head coach. So again, you have a lot of brain power. You have a lot of physical talent. To me, that, that is what makes the Dallas Cowboys a very dangerous club. You, you have an owner in, in Jerry Jones who is as, as, you know, as ready to win as anybody ever has. You have Dak Prescott who is right now you know, fighting for his contractual life essentially. You know, and, and so I, I think that you have all the incentive here. Um, and, and then you just watch what they've been able to do, Nick. And as you mentioned, I mean, they're what, second or third in all of the NFL in passing yards at this point. Dak Prescott last week scored scored four touchdowns, three of them on the ground. I mean, th- this is an incredible offense. And, and given the fact that the Seahawks have struggled on, in, in their own secondary as much as they have, despite all their big names, giving up the yardage they have, to me, that, that's the obvious starting point uh, of where this game really matches up for the Seahawks is it's going to be against some pressure on Dak Prescott, but it's also going to be on whether or not the Seahawks secondary can, can match up against the, the Dallas Cowboys. Again, three-headed monster at wide receiver. Yeah, that's a good point with the receivers. Really one of the better better receiving rooms in all football, if not the best. And yet we all can admit, having watched the Seahawks secondary in the first two games, playing really good offenses also with Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, and the Falcons and the Patriots, much like that, those guys, Dak Prescott and this receiving court, they're going to get there. They're going to get some catches. They're going to get some yards. CeeDee Lamb, the rookie, is coming off of a 106-yard performance. Amari Cooper, 100 yards. Michael Gallup had a bit of a quiet night against the the Falcons, but still very, very dangerous. And you just got to make sure to limit those. I think that's the most important thing is limit the, the, the wiggling free, limit, limiting the, the knocking into each other and leaving a guy wide open in the corner of the end zone, like what happened in week one with Jamal Adams, Shaquille Griffin, things like that. And I think this is one of those secondaries with Jamal Adams in his first year, Quandre Diggs in his first full season. And, and still pretty young guy in Shaquille Griffin and, and Quentin Dunbar, also a newcomer. I think this is one of those secondaries that will just keep getting better as they better communicate and learn on the fly. And, and let's talk about number two, which I'm going to dedicate the entire second key to Ezekiel Elliott. He is a monster. He is a problem. And like you mentioned, he, he's probably, if not the best running back in football, one of the best running backs in all of football. And, and rightfully so. He's an, already a three-time Pro Bowler, all pro and in his rookie season. He had 1,357 yards rushing and 12 touchdowns last year. And in three of his previous and his first four seasons, at least 1,300 rushing yards. And he had actually 2,000 all-purpose yards in 2018. Just So he's just all-everywhere guy. And so, Rob, what can the Seahawks do to maybe slow down Ezekiel Elliott and make sure that – because if, if Dak Prescott starts feeling it with throwing it and, and they can establish the run with Ezekiel Elliott, the Seahawks are in big trouble. They absolutely are. I mean, because Ezekiel is that good. And again, Dallas, I, I would agree with you, Nick, that I'm not quite the Dak Prescott fan that, that some people seem to be. I, I am, however, a, a huge fan, again, of the offense that, that he is in, um, as well as his motivation. Um, but, but Zeke Elliott is just a different level of talent. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, his level of success so far um, is really up there with, with some of the all-time greats. And I, I say that, and I think it's easy for people to forget, this guy is still just 25 years old. 
It's not like he's 29 or 30, you know, and he's already, you know, reached his peak. He's still a guy who physically should be just now reaching his peak. And so he is a player that hasn't really been dominant just yet so far in this season. And and we have seen the Seahawks at times be gashed by the run. Um, and so I do have some concern about the way that the Seahawks are going to be able to slow down Zeke Elliott, not only as a runner, but as a receiver as well. At the same time, while I've just kind of gushed about Zeke Elliott, who, again, I, I think I agree with Nick. I think he is one of the absolute elite running backs in all of the NFL. At the same time, he hasn't really been special so far this year. His longest run from scrimmage is just 13 yards. He fumbled twice against Atlanta, losing one of them. That there is a little bit of some chinks in the armor with this guy, but you know, if the Cowboys are are able to to allow him to eat, so to speak, that, then I think that uh, you know that that's not going to be a good thing for the Seahawks. That means that they're behind, and Russell Wilson's going to have to work some magic to be able to get back in that game. Otherwise, I think that the the Cowboys are going to again take a little bit of the same strategy as I mentioned. I expect the Seahawks to take, and by trying to use their passing game to set up the run, and then using Elliott as a little bit of a hammer towards the uh, towards the red zone to be able to score those touchdowns. But their passing game on both sides actually being the way that both teams, I think, are actually going to be moving the football. Yeah, well, Russell Wilson's going to cook and Ezekiel Elliott's going to ease. There's going to be a lot, of, a lot of consuming on Sunday, I think. that Once again, I think this is going to be a higher scoring affair. If, you have, if you're a betting kind of person, maybe take the over on a game like this. And let, let's go to, that, to the last one. And I know we've beaten this to death all offseason and certainly during the season as it started and and the Seahawks have one sack by, by anyone not named Jamal Adams. <laughs> Jamal Adams, the safety, has a team-high two sacks, and the Seahawks have three sacks total, the other sack being Benson Mayola, who really is, is not healthy right now. We, we don't know exactly what his status is for Sunday quite yet. And so with that being said, on the Cowboys' offensive side, on the offensive line, like you mentioned, they have a very, very good offensive line. But Tyron Smith – is banged up and the, his status for Sunday is in question. It's, it's the things I've reading, I've, I've kind of read some conflicting things, but I'd say it's the majority of them are optimistic about him playing the, the stud left tackle. Um, but I think that there could be an opportunity for the pass rush to maybe not break out, but at least have, have, respect, have a respectable presence, especially if Tyron Smith can't make it. Um, on Sunday. So where do you, how do you see the Seahawks generating any sort of pressure? Do you think they need to manufacture some with some pressure with some blitzes or, or disguise some coverages? Or do you think that they can get home with the guys they have or maybe continue on with what Jamal Adams is doing? How do the Seahawks, I know we're not asking for four or five sacks, but how do the Seahawks generate at least two or three sacks? Well, it's a, it's a great question, Nick. Uh, I, I think that if you're going up against a, a quarterback who's not as mobile and not as experienced, and by experience, I not only mean in years, but in terms of being with the same offense that he's been in, I think that you send the house. I think that you continue to send Jamal Adams. I think that you send some linebacker blitzes. I think that you send some nickel blitzes, all those types of things, if you're going with a different type of quarterback. But when you're going with a guy like Dak Prescott, who wants to run, he's inviting you to, to send pressure so he can run right up the middle. As I mentioned you know, a couple of moments ago, three rushing touchdowns uh, this past week in that comeback against the Atlanta Falcons. He's, he's rolling hot dice right now. He, he feels like he can run the ball right now. I, I, and I think that's... It would be a little bit too aggressive by the Seahawks to just come out and blitz haphazardly. 
And that's not certainly not what I expect them to do. Uh, I think that what is more likely to happen is that you're going to see the, the Seahawks try to get Ben Samayo and Jaron Reed um, back onto the field. It remains to be seen. Uh, Jaron Reed was listed as a limited participant in Thursday's practice. Uh, ben Samayo did not practice on Thursday or Wednesday. So, so that is a, obviously a huge concern for the Seahawks, given that, you know, obviously you've already lost Bruce Servant. So, so maybe this is going to be the day that we, we see or the game that we see Alton Robinson be able to come back, uh, you know, and be able to make a, a splashy performance. Maybe this is Demontre Moore, a former Texas A&M player who, who might be able to, to show the, the Dallas Cowboys and a bunch of fans in Texas um, that, you know, hey, he can play a little bit too. But I, I don't think this is going to be a game where, where the Seahawks are able to generate that many sacks, Nick, just because I don't think that they're necessarily going to ask their pass rushers to really pin their ears back because they want to make sure that they are be able to, to support the run a little bit with Dak Prescott. I think that you are going to see a little bit more pressure on Prescott. And for the Seahawks perspective, they better be able to because I do think that he is going to try to buy time and try to allow his receivers to be able to to create those big gash plays that you were talking about should be something that the Seahawks should be viewing as basically priority number one of trying to stop if they want to win this game. Yeah, if the Seahawks can at least generate a little bit of pressure against Dak, or against Dax Prescott, the, those talented receivers are going to carve up the secondary like a jack-o'-lantern. I mean, it's going to be pretty ugly there so the pressure like you said I think it's I think as well that Alton Robinson it's it's kind of an if not now when thing we got pass rushers banged up pass rushers out for the year and Rasheem Green as well and the guy that he's directly behind I think this this is one of those games where if Alton Robinson isn't ready now what's going on like why is he still why is he still not playing so that I think they need to get all hands on deck I agree I think that they need to, to generate some pressure with blitzing I'd like to see Jordan Brooks get in there maybe he can get his first career sack in the NFL or heck, I know that the, the the moves haven't reflected this quite so far, but Shaquem Griffin is still in the practice squad, and he's got some experience speed rushing as well. So we'll have to see there. And and, and just some last thoughts, uh, Rob. How do you see that this uh, this game shaking out on Sunday? Well, that's the thing is I was waiting for our, our, the, the bold prediction segment, and I was a little worried about that because this, <laughs> this is a game that I think is, is going to be an exciting one. And, of course, a lot of the Seahawks' first two games have, have been exciting, especially what happened against New England. Um, and the Dallas Cowboys, to me, are very similar team as New England in that there have been some significant changes, but at the same time, that, that this is a really, really talented team. I, I think, barring injury, both of these teams are going to be one of the, what, what three or four or five real contenders in the NFC to, to play for the Super Bowl in a couple of months. You know, and, and so, to me, I, I think this is going to be back and forth, back and forth, all kinds of scoring. I do believe that Russell Wilson is the better quarterback. I do believe that the Seahawks are the better playing defense right now and I think that the and, and I certainly believe that that they have a running game that can can, can match up with, with Dallas's as well to me one of the absolute ma- the absolute factors to consider here is special teams uh, you know and, and so and I, I think that Dallas is is going to be every bit Seattle's match in that regard so I think this is going to be a very close game but for the reasons I mentioned before uh, I do think that the Seahawks narrowly win this game um, and I just hope that they're going to be able to duplicate that success uh, should these two teams meet in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. I, I'm seeing a shootout. I'm seeing a, a, a very similar game to the first two games for the Seahawks. Both games have been higher scoring affairs. Um, both offenses are feeling pretty good. They have playmakers all over the field. Both of them have super talented receivers. 
and they got running backs. I think, of course, the, the Cowboys probably have the, the edge in running back, but certainly you believe in Russell Wilson. When, when all things are created equal, you take the better quarterback, and right now that's, of course, Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. You get playmakers and on defense with Demarcus Lawrence for the Cowboys, Jamal Adams for the Seahawks, and stalwarts like Bobby Wagner. I think these two teams are pretty evenly matched, but I, I want to go ahead and say the Seahawks are the better team, especially at home. I know the 12s can't be there. That's what stinks. But I'm going to go with a shootout, a, a slight, a small victory, maybe even the same score as the Patriots game. We'll see. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at NickLee51 and, of course, Rob at Rob Rang for great NFL coverage. If, if you'd like to be a featured sponsor on Locked on Seahawks podcast, you can contact me at LockedSeahawks at gmail.com. Make sure to subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform by visiting us at www.lockedonseahawks.com. Coming up on Monday, we will break down the game between the Seahawks and Cowboys after hopefully a win against them boys. Thanks for listening. Enjoy your weekend. Go Hawks.